Hi guys, and welcome back to Midday Match with Libby. Clearly, I am fucking Libby. Hello, everybody. How is everybody doing? Great. Fabulous. Hope you all are, because I am. Anyways, it wasn't like that, though, this week, and I'm going to let you guys in on how my week was. So I had like 75 COVID scares. I know it's sounding like I'm like pregnancy scare when I say a COVID scare, but like I feel like that's what it is, is when someone around you has COVID, so then you freak out and you have to go and get tested. That's exactly what happened to me like twice this week. My sister at first was like, oh my God, um, people I was with this weekend tested positive for COVID. Go get tested. I'm gonna go get tested. And then I was like, I'll wait till your results come back. And her results came back and she came back negative. And I was like, okay, then I probably don't have COVID. Two days later, she calls me and goes, hey, actually, my results came back as positive. I have COVID. So I'm like, what the fuck? Now I'm in a sheer panic. And I'm just like, okay, now I have to find a testing facility, go get tested. And I went and got tested and I actually got to do it myself. I got to shove the thing up my nose myself. 20 times almost more painful because I was so nervous and shaky that I just shoved that motherfucker so far up my goddamn nose. Literally could barely breathe the lady. I was like, is this good? And she's like, that's fine. I was just very anxious, very panicky in that moment. But you know what? It's fine, okay? But it was genuinely just like an emotionally draining week. You're like, bitch, do you have COVID? No, I came back negative. I don't have COVID. Woo! And... <laughs> But like this weekend was so draining for me for some reason. All I could do was sleep. Like I would take a nap, go back to sleep. And then like I just could not stop sleeping. I didn't really have an appetite. And I don't know what it was. But like I just couldn't really um, like stop sleeping. And I wasn't really hungry either. I don't know what the fuck. And then my best friend was like, oh, it's because it's the moon. And I was like, oh, apparently something's up with the moon. Like I told you guys, my mom and my best friend are kind of the same when it comes to the moon. Like they always blame everything on the moon. So if I'm not feeling good or something like that, God, no, it's never COVID and I should never actually go get a test. It's just because it's the moon. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, what the fuck? Like I'm just supposed to blame the moon for the reason that I can barely breathe and I'm exhausted all the time. And they're like, yeah, it's the moon. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So that's like my week update it wasn't too exciting i've been working a bunch and thought i had covid like 75 fucking times which was just lovely but i wanted to give you guys a fun little episode because i got in a fight with my mom this week and we get in we actually don't fight that much but when we fight we like fight so you know, I was like, what I'm going to do is use this as material for my podcast. I'm not going to tell you guys about the fight, but I'm going to tell you guys about the crazy shit my mom has made me do. Okay. If you guys haven't like listened to the episode I've done with my mom, go listen to it. My mom is like genuinely my best friend. Like love that bitch to death. She's everything. She's a queen. Like we love Dina. Dina's my mom, right? Um, but she's a single mom. She's basically been a single mom my entire life because my dad's a failure, but that's like a whole different story. And she's just been like, became a best friend, a mom, and just like a role model all in one kind of thing. She's great. Okay. But she is a little bit fucking nuts. And she's made me do some questionable things with her because like, 
like I said, I don't have a father. I only have one parent and it's just her. And so sometimes I've had to take the role of like, if my sisters needed something, like I would have to like go with my mom and do it or stuff like that. I'm going to show you guys all these examples in the stories that I'm about to tell you. She's probably going to be pissed that I'm exposing her on my podcast, but guess what? Don't fight with me, bitch. But these stories are just actually kind of hilarious looking back at it in the moment. It's actually kind of like fucked up. Okay. So I have some like three, three big stories I'm going to tell you. And then I have some honorable mentions, which are like just some times where I was like, mom, what the fuck? It's just like a, what the fuck kind of moment. But yeah, we're going to get into it. This is all said with love, love my queen, but I've been kind of wanting to expose her for a minute because the shit that I have done for my mother is kind of insane. So first things first, I mentioned this in the episode I did with my mom, but my mom forced me to go to a hypnotist, okay? When I was in my freshman year of high school, I had really bad anxiety and depression, and my mom was like, okay, we're gonna go to a hypnotist. And I was like, mom, I don't wanna be under hypnosis. Like, I don't want this lady to put me to sleep. I'm kind of actually terrified of this. And she's like, no, no, we're going to do this, and let's go. So I was like, okay. This hypnotist was very, like, I don't know if this is all hypnotist. Actually, I know it's not all hypnotist because I have a friend now who's doing this kind of work for herself to help herself heal and stuff. And I asked her, I was like, did your hypnotist ask you these kinds of questions? And she was like, no, not at all. My hypnotist would be like, ask me if I had ever got touched by someone inappropriately. Like, I understand she's just trying to find my trauma. And then I think she thought I was gay. Because she kept asking me if I liked girls, if I ever tried think thought about kissing girls, if I ever, I was like, what is this? Like, I genuinely hated the hypnotist. So every time I went with my mom, it was an actual fight of me going to the hypnotist. And my mom was like, no, we're going to the hypnotist. Like, you have to go to the hypnotist. And I was like crying every time I hated it. So eventually... The hypnotist was like, okay, Livy, you clearly hate this. And I'm like, I clearly hate this. And she's like, what we're going to do is I am going, she put me in a full hypnosis and was like, you are going to have a dream tonight. And the dream is going to reveal to you why you're having all this anxiety and why it's so bad for you and all these things. And you will not be able to go back to sleep until you write down what this dream has told you. And I'm like, this fucking bitch, yeah, okay, I'm going to have a dream tonight and like I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep, yeah, whatever, you know. I was just like really against the hypnotist and I was like, I don't like this. My mom was like, that's a beautiful idea, Olivia, like that's beautiful. And I'm like, mom, what the fuck? Anyways, so I go home, go to bed, like it's time for bed, I go to sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night. I have a dream. I wake up from my dream and I know I'm supposed to write it down and I go, no, I'm not writing it down. I'm just gonna go back to bed. I don't like the hypnotist, I don't care. This will make sure like I never go to the hypnotist again. <sighs> no, I was wrong. I could not fall back to sleep until I wrote down the dream. So I wrote down the dream and then I woke up in the morning and I was like, mom, I had the dream. And she was like, oh my God, so excited. Like, what is it? Like, what is the, like, this is the cure. Like basically everyone thought this was like the cure to my anxiety. They're like, oh my God, this dream is like, my mom was like, this is the cure to your anxiety. You want to know what I wrote down? I wrote down princess in training. That was my dream. And that was why I was having anxiety is because apparently I was a princess in fucking training. My mom was like, okay, maybe the hypnotist isn't working as well as we thought it was going to work. And I was like, yeah, mom, it's not. But now I feel like it kind of makes sense a little bit because I'm fully 
like a queen. You know what I mean? I should have wrote down queen in training, but like I guess I was preparing for a life that um, I was going to be a boss ass bitch in. And like I feel like I'm really owning up to that and it's working well. That's just one little thing my mom made me do was go to a hypnotist my freshman year of high school to figure out why I was having anxiety. Uh, the hypnotist didn't work. It's okay, but we do now know for future references that I'm a princess in training. So that's why I was having anxiety. Anyways, this next story is pretty fucked up. So I'm going to be exposing my other sister Kaylee on this episode as well. Sorry, Kaylee. Love you to death. This story comes about when my sister's best friend passed away. You're like, what the fuck? This is so dark and morbid. Just, I'm going to make light of the situation because of how I had to tell my sister her best friend passed away. So my sister decided to go into the mental hospital. And the way I'm saying that, like, oh, she decided to go into the mental hospital. She literally was like, I need a break from life. Like, I'm going to check myself into the psych ward. And we were all like, wait, that's not how it works. She was like, see you guys later. Peace. Bye. And I was like, okay. Mind you, yes, I had already been in the mental hospital my freshman year of high school. I've already explained that in an episode. It's the mental illness for me. Go listen to that episode. I'm not explaining my own mental illness this episode. This is about my sister. And so she peaced out and went into the psych ward. So Kaylee, my sister, would call us every day and be like, hey, like Madison hasn't called me, Madison being her best friend. And she was like, Madison hasn't called me, like what's up? You know, why is it Madison called me? And we'd all be like, oh, I don't know. You know, like she'll call you eventually, it's Madison, like she'll get to it, you know? And then we found out Madison had died. And rest in peace to Madison, love her to death. She's genuinely probably one of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, and she was my sister's best friend. And so now we know that my sister's best friend has passed away and my sister's in this, like in the psych ward and is wanting to get out of the psych ward because her little vacation wasn't as great as she thought it would be. Right. And my mom is like, okay, here's the plan girls. Nobody tell her Madison is dead. Like she doesn't have contact to her phone right now. She has, she'll have no idea. And then we're like, oh, wait, people are calling her in the psych ward. Someone can let her know in the psych ward. And we don't want anybody but us to tell her that Madison has passed away. So Kaylee keeps calling my sisters, me and my sister and my mom. And it's like, where is, why have I not heard from Madison? Like, this is so bizarre. Why have I not heard from her? We're all like, oh my God, I have no idea. But we know Madison has passed away. So then my mom looks at me and is like, hey, Liv. Will you come to the psych ward with me to tell Kaylee Madison has passed away? I go, me? First of all, already triggered because I've been in the psych ward twice. It's the last place I want to go. But I'm like, okay, mom. She's like, I just, I can't do this alone. Like, I don't want to do this alone. And I'm like, okay, mom. Like, I will go with you to the psych ward to tell Kaylee that her best friend has passed away. At the time, I don't think I realized what I was actually doing and how heavy and sad that was going to be for Kaylee. I was just like, fuck it. I'll do it because my mom asked me to do this. So we pull up to the psych ward. I like how I'm like, we pull up to the psych ward, but we pull up to the psych ward and we walk in this building and I'm like, wow, like it is like high tech security kind of stuff. And like we had brought her Chipotle and they're like, oh no, like she can't even use a fork. Like don't, you guys can't bring her Chipotle. And they're like, we need you to like take off all your like shoes and everything like this. And I'm like, mom. And they're like, put all your personable stuff in like a locker. Like you cannot have anything with you in there. And I'm like, mom, what the fuck? 
fuck is like this is she was like this never happened when i visited you in the psych ward i'm like mom what is happening like i'm so confused right now why are they so high tech at this psych ward and where they're like okay what is like your loved one's name who you're going to visit and kaylee's name was nowhere on the list and i was like mom are we at the right psych ward and the lady was like psych ward no honey this is a federal prison and i was like mom you took us to a prison how did we end up at a fucking prison so now i'm like oh my god like looking around and i'm like oh my god everybody's who's about to go see their family members are they're going to see convicts like they're going to see felons and i was like mom we're my sister's just mentally ill she's not in prison i was like i'm so sorry like we have to get out of here and my mom was like wow who would have thought that would happen today i was like mom how did you end us up at a prison instead of my sister's psych ward anyways it turns out the psych ward was like down the block or something so then we pull up to the psych ward, the right one. We get in there and my sister like is just sitting there and she's like, why is Madison not called me? And my mom kicks me under the table and looks at me and is like, I don't know. And I'm like, mom, like, you know why Madison hasn't called. And I'm like, oh my God, my mother's going to make me tell Kaylee Madison is dead. So I'm like, um... Hey, Kay. And I don't know. I'm like probably like 18, 19 at this point. Like, I don't know how to properly deliver news like that. I'm like, Madison is dead. And she's like, Kaylee starts freaking out, like panicking. And I'm like, hey, hey, you can't do that because they'll never let you out of the psych ward. And my mom is like, relax, Kaylee, just relax. And the nurse walks over. And he's like, is everything okay? Like, Kaylee seems pretty panicked right now. And I'm like, Kaylee's just really excited about her Chipotle. My mom's like, just hasn't had it in a while, really loves Chipotle. Kaylee's like, I'm just so excited about Chipotle because Kaylee cannot act like Madison's death is affecting her in any sort of way because they will not let her leave the psych ward. Like, they'll be like, no, there's no way she's going to leave the psych ward after her best friend just died. She's going to freak out. And Kaylee's like yelling at my mom and I and is like, why would you tell me when I'm in the psych ward? And we're like, well, we didn't want you to get out and like look at your phone. And the first thing you see is a bunch of I'm sorry text messages from everybody else like around you. Like we didn't want that. Like we wanted to be the ones to tell you. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? I'm like, yeah, this didn't go as as planned, especially because I was like, Kaylee, just relax, just relax. Because I just at the time didn't really realize how of like terrible that was for her like I knew I just had an experience death on my own at that point in my life so like I was like oh fuck Kaylee just stop freaking out like you because I'm like they're gonna fucking detain you bitch we're in the psych ward just eat the damn triple like Kaylee's like I can't eat I can't breathe I'm like mom this is not going well she's like no honey Livy it's fine like just we're good we're good Kaylee's fine and we had to act all, like, everything was completely fine. Like, I hugged Kaylee, and I was like, I love you so much. You're going to be okay. And my mom was like, love you, Kay. See you soon. Just, like, so casually. Like, we didn't just tell her her best friend died. I was like, Mom, this is so fucked up that I actually had to tell Kaylee. I was like, why couldn't you? And she's like, Liv, I just, I didn't know how to break the news to her. I just couldn't do it. And I was like, Mom, what the actual fuck right now? Like, I just had to tell her that I feel so bad. And she's like... Yeah, so that's the time I told, uh, my mom made me tell her that her best friend died in the psych ward. And it was just very heavy. And I look back now and I'm like, that's actually so fucked up that my mom and I went in there and told Kaylee, like, hey, your best friend's dead. Sorry, you're in the psych ward dealing with your own problems, but we need to let you know this. Like, that's just a little bit insane. My next story comes about, I don't ever really speak about 
my father because he's just like a loser and he's not in my life at all. So like I don't there's no need for me to like speak about my father. Um, but this story is the story of how my sisters and I and my mom moved out of my family home in one day. Like in just a day where my father was at work or whatever he did because who knows. Um, and we had to move out of the house. So my father, you're like, why did you have only one day? So he was a little bit of a psycho. Like he was a little bit fucking nuts. And here's the thing. We couldn't just move out normally. We had to move out in secret. Everything was a huge secret. So the way my mom went about this was like, okay, girls, you're going to pack up your room on the weekend. Nobody is saying anything about us leaving this house, okay? No one is saying a word. Just pack up all your shit and we're done. We're gone. We're leaving. And I'm like, okay, okay. So the day comes. She calls me out of school. I think she called my other sister out as well. And Kaylee wasn't even in school at that point. So we're all there. My cousins are there too. And my mom is like, okay, we have to hurry. We have to go stat. We had people on lookout to see if my father was going to come home in the middle of us moving my entire childhood home out of that house and it was like a very nice and big house too there was so much furniture and stuff we were taking and it's like so fucked up i'm like running up and down the stairs with my cousin he's like helping me like take down full fucking mattresses the whole bed frames every single thing like boxes of our clothes our, my mom is like please make sure we get like the memory boxes of the girls like our memory boxes from when we were kids like everything is getting out and like every five seconds someone is like things they like my mom's like oh my god is that him and I'm like mom why would you do that like no it's not him she's just like a little bit of a panic and I was like what the fuck we're like rushing I'm freaking out because I'm scared like maybe he took an earlier train home like you never know we are every single thing is literally out of that fam like our childhood house that was ours like my mom my sisters and I like all of our stuff and my dad my mom was nice enough to be like I want to leave him one room that feels like nothing's missing in it. Please don't touch anything. We don't want to take anything out of this room. And there was artwork my mom loved in there. And I was like, you're really nice. Like she was being very nice. You guys are like, didn't you up and move the whole house? I'm like, yeah, it was a really super abusive uh, relationship with my father. So like we had to get up and we had to get everything out like immediately. It had to be so quickly. But my mom left him that one room. We called it the the family room, like everything was in place. And she was like, we're going to leave him this room. And I was like, okay, like that's super nice of you. Like that's really great of you to do that because like, I mean, like I was the one that was like, let's fucking take everything in here. Like, let's go. I want it all. Let's get it out of here kind of thing. But just the panic and the sheer like intensity of moving every, sing every single thing out of our childhood home in one day. Like I'm talking... 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's all the time that we had to move everything. I'm talking couches. I'm talking everything out of our home. Like, was serious. And we didn't have movers. No, we were leaving with no money. We had my cousins and my mom's friends help us. Seriously, forever grateful for my cousins and my mom's friends that did help us, though, because, like, that, it made the day a little bit more fun. And it was just kind of, like, even more fun because my mom was like, we're leaving. It was just like, like, woo, like, we're leaving kind of thing. And it sounds like a fucked up story. I mean, it is, like, a little fucked up, but, like, that was my, he was my childhood. He fucked up my childhood. 
So it wasn't like something too tragic. Um, but I just like look back now and I'm like my mom's thought process of like, hey, we got to pick up and move everything in one single day. She did that out of the safety of like all of us, which like I'll forever be thankful for because like our safety was everything in that time. And she just moved us out and did it so well and just like even didn't have any money leaving that house but like managed to get the fuck out for like the safety of her children and the like for the best lives for her kids and stuff like that I was like this bitch is a boss like that's when I realized I was like my mom's a boss and then I realized even today when I was writing down this story and stuff I was like I just think about like I never thought about it well like I did think about it a lot I was like my dad's gonna walk home and go into the house and there's going to be nobody and there's going to be nothing in the house. I was like, wow, that's a fucking baller ass move on my mom's part. And she deserves all the praise in the world for that because like that was some baller ass stuff that she did. And like, I don't think now with our lives being as good as they are, we don't ever really think about the past and like how damaging my childhood was and stuff like that. Like I never really think about that because I'm always like I had such a loving mom. I never needed like my dad, you know, and he, like I never needed him and I never will need him. Um, and I was like, I did, never needed him. And she because she just made me feel so loved. She made me feel so complete, so whole. So I was like, I never walked away with any daddy issues or anything because I had such a loving mother who like has done everything for me in the world. Like how could I ever you know, need a father. Like I didn't need one. And she just made it like made our lives. And I think still makes our lives just like amazing every single day. And even the stuff that she's done for herself, like she has her own business and she has just is such an amazing soul in general. I always tell her, I'm like, you're just like a natural born mom. Like that was like your role in this world. She's not only a mother to me, but like all my best friends, everybody in my life, like my mom, mothers, literally everybody. So like, I just truly have the best mother. And for her to walk out of that home with only $200 in her pocket, but was like, I need a better life for my kids because they don't deserve this. I don't deserve this, but my kids especially don't deserve this. Like how could you not have all the respect in the world for like a woman like that? And she is definitely the reason why I'm a boss bitch that I am today because she showed me anything is possible. And if you don't like where you are, just get up and leave. It doesn't matter if you have money. It doesn't matter what you have. As long as we had each other, we were going to be fine. And now I can like completely confirm we're fine. And that leaving my failure of a father, she's going to get mad that I called him that. But just leaving him was like the best thing ever. And now I have that memory for the rest of our lives of us running out of that house and just being like, fuck you and just starting our lives on our own and just as happy as we are, which is lovely. Like I, you know, I think you become so close. Obviously like they're my family, they're my sisters and my mom, but like you become so close to somebody when you guys deal with trauma, like obviously your whole life and that, but then you get out of it and you see what life is on the other side and like, it's just kind of truly amazing. And I'm grateful to have a mother that was like, you know what? I'm going to do it for my fucking kids. Fuck this guy. Let's get out of here. And that's what she did. And I feel like she'll always put us first. And she's now like reaping the success of like all that she deserves, which makes me the happiest girl ever to see my mother get all that she has deserved this her entire life. So we do fight, but... My mom is a boss ass bitch. And I tell her that all the time. I'm like, I can't wait to read the book you write because to read, like, 
for what she's done in her life, like I'm truly not kidding you of how she got us out of like my childhood home. I'm just giving you guys like the brief little story, haha version, but where she left with nothing, had nothing and completely has built such a beautiful life for herself. And my sisters and I, like we're about to go on vacation in a month and we're so fucking excited. And it's just gonna be such a great time because we actually love to be with each other all the time. And it just shows like we're just a healthy, family and I'm just forever grateful for my mother for all that she's done for us. Oh, I had to get a little sappy there. Okay, this is the story of how I served my father divorce papers. So, okay, like I said, I don't ever mention my father because he's no part of my life. He's uh, 100% not in my life. Like, I don't speak to him. I don't communicate with him. I never fucking liked the guy. You know what I mean? I never liked him, and I never really wanted anything to do with him, even when he was in my life, even till when he's not in my life, okay? So, I served my father divorce papers because my mom could not get his like get him to be served divorce papers for his like forever. It was like becoming months and months and months and he was still like he would run away from the person that was serving it or he would say it wasn't him or something like that. There was always an excuse but he just refused to get he didn't want to sign divorce papers. Like I don't know why. I don't think it, I maybe he was like a fucking dumbass and actually thought my mom would go back to him but like not the case. Um I don't know why he wouldn't didn't want divorce papers served money wise anything like that probably money wise he yeah, something like that who knows whatever so i took it into my hands and i said mom i will serve him the divorce papers and i thought she'd be like no honey you don't have to but she was like okay i was like oh fuck so i hadn't talked to my dad in over a year at this point and then i just randomly texted him and i was like hey let's get dinner and he was like okay perfect and i was like I don't know why he would believe that. I have looked this man in the face several times and been like, I fucking hate you. But he thought I just wanted to grab dinner with him and catch up. He's just mentally ill. Anyways, so I headed to Luminati's and that's where I was serving my father. I had so much anxiety beforehand because like I said, he is so unpredictable. You never knew what he was going to do. And so I went beforehand. I met with the server and I was like, hi, thought he was going to be this big giant man to protect me. He was probably like mm, five, nine. And he was like, here's the plan. I was like, okay, when he sits down, come and like serve the fucking papers because I want to leave right away. And he's like, that's fine. He's like, then I'll escort you out and you and I will walk away together. And then I have my mom and my sisters blowing up my phone beforehand, like get a video, get pictures. You need all the kind of evidence you can get in the world. Like who knows if he'll actually show up? Who knows? Like it was a year. It was such a long process. It had to been like two years that he wasn't like accepting these papers and I was like holy fuck I'm gonna be on the other side of the table like serving him these papers so what happens is I sit down my father arrives I don't see a word to him I cannot even speak I can't look at him I can't do anything he sits down and he's like hey like hey like not that nice he's trying to be an asshole to me and I'm just like mm -hmm. the guy comes up and he was like you have been served kind of thing. I fucking bolted out of there. He's yelling. He's screaming. The poor people in Illuminati's just trying to have like a nice dinner. I'm in there like trying to literally get my dad served divorce papers, not giving a fuck about anybody else in there. Those poor people I'm running. The guy who served the papers is like 
walking with me like escorting me out and i'm like this is just so much anxiety i'm taking photos and videos like as i'm running out i'm like taking so many photos of him with the papers in the hands he's like what the fuck and i'm like he's like yelling at me he's screaming he's making a scene i'm like in public my father are you kidding that's embarrassing no but i'm like it's literally like i'm panicked i'm in sheer panic served in the papers the guy was like yeah you did it you got him served see him in court and I was like oh my god I fucking did it I was literally 18 years old and I was petrified and then I called my mom and I was like hey it looks like you're getting a divorce today it looks like you're getting a divorce it's a great day for a divorce we had a whole celebration a whole party it was just truly amazing it was a lot of fun and then even after they it was even longer for them to get divorced because he dragged everything out my mom was like all I want is my fucking last name back and to get rid of all this shit my mom didn't want anything um, and they're divorced now and we have never been happier as a family and it's just been great. That is it for the little story times that I've done for my mother or my mom has made me do for her. But I have some pretty amazing honorable mentions that I want to get into because these are just like funny little moments that I think you guys will enjoy that shows a little bit more of like my mom's personality. She's a little crazy, but it's fine because we love her for it. So, oh my God. So when my sister went to Michigan State, her freshman year of college, me and my mom moved her into her dorms. And at this point, my mom was like infatuated with her now boyfriend, but at the time they had only been on like two dates. And Lara and I, my sister, were like hanging up all the stuff in the room, making sure everything's in place, all those things. And my mom leaves. I'm like, where did she go? She's in the stairwell FaceTiming George, who's my mom's boyfriend. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I was moving Lara in. I was like introducing myself to the parents of like the other girls in the dorm room. Like, hi, like I'm Livy. I'm Lara's sister. My mom's just out right now, just doing something. And my sister was pissed. She was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's my college move-in day and you have to talk to your boyfriend on the phone. She's like, sorry, Lara, sorry. I was like, oh my God. But it was just like, it was kind of cute at the same time. It was like the first time my mom experience like a healthy love kind of thing so it was like it was cute on that end but it was like what the fuck bitch kind of thing like I just moved Laura into MSU by myself you barely helped me but whatever you get it let it slide because you're in love or whatever okay another time is when my sister and I my mom okay my sister was admitted into the hospital at Michigan and they were like the way my mom made it seem was that my sister had only two hours to live my mom made it seem as if my sister was dying like that's the way my mother made it seem so she picked me up her and I drove four hours to Michigan on the way to the drive my mom like on the drive my mom is saying things like like Laura's my favorite like what am I supposed to do like out of everybody Laura I'm like mom what the fuck like I'm right here she's like I didn't mean it like that Liv but like like sis is just so amazing like I love her and I'm like mom and she's like she's like I don't I don't know how I'm gonna bear losing a child and I'm like mom I'm like is she gonna die and she's like I don't know I can't tell you she's not gonna die and I'm so I'm preparing myself to go to Michigan and see my sister dead in a hospital bed. She's like, they might have to do an emergency surgery. Who knows? An open heart surgery. Who knows if she'll even make it through an open heart surgery? I'm like, why would she not? She's like, I don't know, Liv. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like 
crying. I'm like, my sister's literally dead. Like, what am I supposed to do? How do I like live my life knowing my best friend just died on the way to go see her? Like, how do I live? I get to Michigan. She's fine. Well, she's not great. Like we were in the hospital with her for like seven, eight days, but like she's not dead. She's not getting wheeled to open heart surgery. I was like, mom, this was a little bit dramatic. She was like, I didn't know what we were walking into live. I just had to prepare for the worst. I was like the worst. I was convinced I was going to have to plan my sister's funeral next week. Like what the fuck was this? She's like, relax. Cause she's doing better now. And I was like, oh my God, mom. Okay. She might fucking kill me for this story, but this is hilarious. So Often we do these family dinners at my mom's boyfriend's house and his kids come and my sisters and I come and we all come and we do these like family dinners and they do them pre-COVID very often, like very often. And it's, they're so much fun. They're cool. They, they're both great cooks. So it's like good food and it's a lot of fun just to be around everybody. We're sitting at dinner one time and I'm talking to George's son and all George's kids are there and I'm talking to George's son and him and I are talking about the baby, the rapper, the baby. And my mom keeps interrupting the conversation. She's like, Liv, how do you know him? Like, how do you know this man? And I'm like, mom, the baby is a huge rapper. And she's like, okay, well, where is he from? And I'm like, well, like Charlotte, North Carolina, I guess. And she's like, okay, how do you know him? Have I met him? And I'm like, mom, no, you've never met the baby. And she's like, well, I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. And like, I don't even know this man. Who is he? Like, where is he from? She's asking me so many personal questions about the baby, as if he's one of my friends. And me and George's son are looking at each other like, no, mom, like, what are you like, Dina? No, I don't. What, what are you doing? And then she just starts bursting out laughing. And she couldn't understand the fact that we didn't know the baby personally. She's like, I, I'm not understanding. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Who are you guys talking about? And I'm like, mom, the baby. We're just talking about his music. It wasn't even that big of a conversation, but now you keep badgering questions. And I, she's like, is he dating someone you know? And I'm like, no, mom, the baby's not dating somebody I know. And then she just starts bursting out laughing and she can't stop laughing and she cannot get the words out of her mouth to talk. And I'm like, I'm like, mom, are you high? Like, are you high right now? And she's like, no, 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 I'm not high, I'm not high, but can't stop laughing. So in Georgia's kids and I look at each other and we're like, she's totally high right now. She's like, these are the best edibles I've ever taken. Like, these are some of the best I've ever had. She's like, they're just so good. And I was like, mom, so you are high right now. And she's like, I just wanted to try one. Like, cause my mom doesn't really get high. She's like, I just wanted to try one, see how it was. And these are the best I've ever had. And I was like, okay, mom. And then we're all like, you know what? She did edibles. My mom's boyfriend definitely did edibles too. We're like, we should just all do them and we should just all have a great night. So then we just spark up a fucking bowl and we all get high and we decide to play heads up. And it was probably the most fun I think I've ever had. It was just my mom, her boyfriend, his kids, me, and we were just really high playing heads up for hours. The game heads up with Ellen's game where it's like you have to do charades and stuff. So watching everybody high try and figure out heads up was just like the most fun, the funniest thing I've ever seen too. And now every time I go to my mom's boyfriend's house, they're always like, let's do heads up. Let's play heads up kids. Let's play. And we're like, okay, okay. Just because of that one night. But I'm literally not kidding. It was probably like my favorite night ever. So the last honorable mention I have of my mother 
that's just like a classic Dina moment, is when she told me my cousin passed away. So a horrific thing, right? A horrific thing, not something, the way she came about it and the way she did it. So what happened was when my cousin passed, I was in Aspen and I was in Aspen for work. And they didn't want to tell me because they didn't want me to have to deal with that news alone in Aspen. And I was almost at the end of my trip anyways. I was headed back home and they wanted me to be with my family when they told me news like that. But they were very scared that I was going to see it on social media somewhere and someone posted. And then I'd be like, what the fuck? My cousin's dead. And then call my mom. Like they didn't want me to find out like that. So my mom calls me while I'm in Aspen and I'm like, mom, I can't, I can't. I'm at breakfast right now. She's like, no, Liv, I just need to speak to you for one second. It's an emergency. And I'm like, okay, what kind of emergency? Like her emergencies are weird. Like her emergencies are like, do I wear black with brown or is it not a statement? Like those are my mom's emergencies. Okay. So I'm like, mom, what is it? She goes, your cousin Sam is no longer with us. I go, where, where did he go? Like, what do you mean he's no longer with us? And she was like, that's how she told me he died. She's like, he's no longer with us. I was like, you could have just said he died. And then, so I like fall to the floor, collapse, run downstairs. I'm like, mom, like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't process it. Mind you, she already had like four days on his death and understanding his death than I did. Like I was just figuring this out and I was panicked and I was freaked out and I was bawling my eyes out and I was so confused. And she goes, live, live. The only thing I can tell you right now is to go on a run. I go, go on a fucking run? You just told me my cousin died and you want me to go on a run right now? She's like, you got to go on a run. You got to let out the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions. Go on a run. It'll make you feel 20 times better. And I'm like, mom, mom, you're not understanding. You just told me my cousin died. You're not giving me any information about it. I want to come home now. And you're telling me to go on a run. She's like, well, talk when you get home. Just go on a run. I'm like, what the fuck, mom? Just go on a run. I call my sister. I'm like, sis, like she's helping me through it. And I'm like, mom just kept telling me to go on a run. And she's like, yeah, she doesn't handle death the best. I'm like, yeah, no fucking does. She just kept literally repeating to me, just go on a run, Liv. Just go on a run. That is it for my stories about my mom and how she just is such a classic character in my life. She definitely inspires a lot of sketches and stuff I write. So, because like the, just who she is, the situation she's been, like the stuff she's done, I'm like, how are you like actually a human? The stuff she's like also made me done where I'm like, mom, I don't want to do this. And she's like, come with me to the psych ward and tell your sister her best friend's dead. And I'm like, okay, mom, like I'll do it, I guess. But my mom is just the best woman ever. And I love her to death. Even though she does drive me very crazy a lot of the times, she's just like the reason... I am who I am today. I also like give her so much credit for like saving my life my freshman year. Like she's the reason I'm alive. She's the reason for so many things in my life and she's just the best thing ever. And she's just an amazing single mom as well. Like she's basically been a single mom her entire life because my father was useless. So just navigating that and that's not the life she signed up for and not the life she wanted. I mean like she didn't know that's what she was walking into. She just handled it so well and has never not made my sisters and I feel loved like every second of the day. So the midday matcha memo of this week is no matter how much someone can piss you off in a fight or anything like that, there's still so much love and joy that they've already previously brought in into your life and to be really grateful for... Um, your family members, your moms, your dads, whoever it is in your life, and just 
yeah, be grateful for your moms and your dads and whoever takes care of you or whoever you look at as a parental figure. But yeah, these are just some stories about my mom and her crazy ways and how she's just kind of a little bit insane, but I love her and I wouldn't want her any other way than how she is. You know what I mean? Like, I love how she is because who she is, you know? And that is it for this week's episode of Midday Matcha. It was a little story time episode about how my mom is fucking nuts, but we love her for it. Don't get me wrong. If you guys want more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at sheislivvy as well as my YouTube is It's Livy Bitch. I have some really exciting news coming for you guys in the beginning of February, so stay tuned for that news, okay? I love every single one of you. You're a bad bitch, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day, night, evening, whenever the fuck you're getting to this. Kiss, kiss.